0: Welcome to Below the Fold, the most honest and raw digital marketing podcast around. It's good to be back. Coming back with a bang. I might be hiring someone to speak for me. So you think you're an SEO ninja, eh? That was just my little fantasy in the back of my head. Here's the tip. Oh, I know the tip. Are you the one who told me the tip?
1: I need you to come up with 50 business ideas. I'll be back in two hours. I think I need
0: a new title. Welcome back to another episode of Below the Fold. This show is for marketers, startups, and anyone else wanting to know the ins and outs, the ups and downs of digital marketing. I'm Jacob Perry. I'm joined with Paxton Gray, and this week Brandon Hassler is out of town, so we're gonna have to go on without him. This week's guest is David Mal- Malborg. Is that how it's pronounced? It's close. Tell me what it is. Malborg. Uh, Malmborg. M- second M in there. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about that last week, and we're like, I've we'll just always, ask him.
1: I've always yeah. said Malenberg. Yeah, that works too. Malmborg. No Malmborg.
0: David Malmborg, uh, president of SLCSEM. Um, can you take about ter- 30 seconds to give us a quick bio? Uh,
2: yeah, sure. So, uh, as you said, I'm president of SLCSEM for the next little bit. Um, and then I run marketing for a software company, uh, database technology. company's called Faircom, database called C Tree Ace. Um, and I've been doing that for the last year and a half. Uh, before that, a lot of B2B in the tech space. Uh, worked for Dell, Fusion IO, um, sao.com, So Cool. So I don't even know if David remembers this,
1: but years ago, I don't think David remembers this, but many, many years ago. H-
0: how many years are we going back here?
1: 2006, maybe 2007. So 10 years ago. 10 years ago. Okay. okay. David and I both worked at CompUSA. You worked at USA. I worked at CompuSA at the same time as you.
0: At the same location? Same location.
1: What, were you in Salt Lake or were you in... No, I was arm? in the Murray store. In the Murray store, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was there at the same time as you. You did B2B sales. Yeah. Or you sold computers. I don't remember. Uh, both. Yeah. Both, yeah. I think at the time you... What sold were you doing there? I, was there. Uh, I did sales. I was on the floor, but I didn't do B2B.
2: How long were you there for? How would I not remember this?
1: Uh, I don't know, man. The only distinguishing thing that I did while at CompuSA somebody tried to steal a bunch of hard drives. There was a couple. Okay. And they got Is they this got,
0: sounding familiar at all? They got I, trapped I,
2: I'm between not gonna the two lie. doors. Okay. And I Oh, locked. I remember this. So you locked them in. I locked them in. That was you. Yeah. <laughs> How do I Wow. I don't know, man. I don't my know. My mind is going I tell you, I don't want to admit that I'm getting old, but my mind you probably didn't think we were going to be talking about CompUSA in, <laughs> in this in yeah. this episode. CompUSA, man, those were some good times.
0: Yeah. That is so hilarious. I I'm, feel like you've been holding on to that for this like well, episode. Like I, we just saw I, him wait, last so night. When did we you we like sat you there. were
2: working with me at CompUSA. Did you forget I was there, or have you known? Like I've known you for a number of years. We at least ten. SLCSEM and different things. So it was
1: when you you presented at SLCSEM. I think you were just on the board at the time. Okay, and you were presenting. I was like, "Man, I know that guy from somewhere." And while you were presenting, I was like looking at LinkedIn. I was like, "CompUSA, that's what it is."
2: That's funny. Yeah, that is I remember. So funny.
1: I mean, you were always like super nice and like super helpful, and uh yeah, I don't know.
2: That's weird. Why can't he's I, like one I'm of Robert. these days?
0: I'm going to be able to bring this up. You
2: were so. There's <laughs> another guy. So I, I did two stints at CompUSA when I was in high school, and then I left, and then I came back while I was at the. uh Right after I got married and I was at the University of Utah, and, and that's kind of when I was there, that second tour, there was a guy, his name's Aaron. He used to work for Clearlink. I don't think he works there anymore. Um, but anyways, he is in our space, does SEO and some other online marketing. I haven't seen him for a few years, but he comes to S E M. Really? And uh, we were chatting about that uh, just about six months ago, seven months ago, I think it was. Hmm. Uh, anyways, that's really funny. Yeah. Yeah, Compio say, man, that was a good time. <laughs> yeah. I was there to the dying day, the very last day. I walked out with this massive, six hundred dollar laser printer that we never sold. Uh, shut the, they locked the doors and and it was all over. And I ended up with this nice printer. I still have it to this
1: Works well. Yeah, I jumped so. ship before they went out Not out of business. Uh, when
0: did they go out of business? Oh man, two
1: thousand
2: and eight. Was that what it was? Yeah, March two thousand and eight. March first. That was my last day there. And then it took me like five months to find a job again. Because I was, uh, and then I ended up working for Jandico, uh, who uh, was an agency that had recently merged with Eli Kirk, um, and that's where I kind of got into the digital marketing scene. Actually, yeah. But uh, I was stubborn. I was like, I'm not working for a retail store. I'm not working for any. I'm like, I want my career job. And it took me a while to get there, but yeah. So I thought you were at Riser. Yeah. So Jandico turned into Riser. I was helping them with that. Okay. That branding. So it used to be Jandico. They rebranded to Riser Media, and then, and then Eli just Kirk last year, Riser. they merged with Eli Kirk, and now they are EKR, right. Eli Kirk Riser, basically. Right. So that's where they're at now. But yeah. It's awesome. I did a short stint there and then ended up at SEO.com about a year, I guess, eight months later. So.
0: Right. And SEO.com's not really a thing anymore either, is it?
2: Well, they're still around, but they're yeah. definitely not what they were. Um, they're yeah, going so, the
0: way of Comp CompUSA.
2: I don't know if they're going <laughs> by that far. <laughs> Uh so I left SEO.com in 2011, and then it sure seemed to like fall downhill fast yeah. right after I left and um, for various reasons, but they're still around. they've got I think 20 to 30 employees now, um, a small office in draper they, in fact, most of the employees, they work remotely, even though they're local. They go into the office about once a month of what I hear. And uh, or once a week to have some team meetings and things like that. But most people work remotely.
0: How many employees did they did they peak with?
2: I'm gonna get this wrong, but there was 140, 150 when I was there. Wow. Um, might have even been more than that, but yeah. I mean, we they were running pretty well, and and that's when I was working with Dell. I I was the main account manager for Dell and ran a number of different business units. Um, they were basically my only account for a few years. And uh, just working with them, had an eight-man team under me. Anyways, yeah.
0: That's awesome. So uh, we typically start the podcast off with uh, current events. So news in digital marketing. Okay. Uh, did you have something you want to start with, Pax?
1: Yeah, I have a couple things, okay. actually. So Spectacles. By Snap, oh yeah,
0: never heard of it.
2: This is what? really weird. I haven't really researched it too much, but uh, uh, I'm kind of curious to see how it goes.
1: Yeah, I think they're going to. Uh, yeah, let's keep talking as if everyone here knows what I'm gonna, you are talking I'm gonna, about. I'm gonna, I'm gonna share. <laughs> they're about to go public, and so it's kind of a big deal. So they're what they're doing is they're dropping these vending machines in like random locations, and in one day it'll be there, the next day it's gone,
0: like on a street corner.
1: Or like in inside a building. I, I've only seen them outside. Okay. But they could be in buildings, I don't know. And for hundred and thirty bucks you can buy these spectacles, which have two I don't know if there's two cameras. It looks like one. there's two cameras in there. Yeah, I think yeah. it's two cameras. And you you take a picture or video and it will upload to your Snap account. What's kinda cool about it is it takes a, a, a circular video instead of uh square or whatever and then when you're viewing it on your phone, you can rotate the phone and that will adjust what you can see within that video. Kind of uh gimmicky, I guess. I don't know if it's super valuable, but yeah. That
2: aspect kind of reminds me of like how awesome Google Glass was. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't like, I don't get it. But here's the you thing, You said this something
0: about a vending machine. That's where you buy That's the how glasses. You get
2: them.
1: For 130 bucks at the vending machine, you have to get the glasses from the vending machine.
0: Oh.
2: The weird thing is so the with the IPO coming up, I, I just read a little bit about this, so I could be wrong, but the CEO, I can't remember his name, he says that Snapchat is a camera company now. Hmm. Uh, and not a social media. Like they're trying to pivot a little bit to be a a camera and imaging company, not so much a messaging company. And it's an interesting pivot that they've gotta make. Um I don't know. Wait, these oh. are the Snapchat glasses. Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Okay, so I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know why it took what so long. You well, you said, you said snap. Well, and, snap is the parent. Company, right, 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 yeah. right, which is a new thing. Right, well. And that, yeah. that's, it just didn't, it didn't snap in my brain like it should have. Okay, did you have something else? Uh, I have a couple other things. So what you're saying, so real quick, because they're going public, you think they're doing this as a way to get publicity. Well, I think all
1: of this is them being backed against the wall by Instagram. Who basically just stole a lot of their completely functionality. Their yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, this is their way of kind of getting out from under that, adding this. Uh, there's actually a physical item that they're selling now. Snap is a parent company which allows them to pivot into a lot of other areas.
0: Wait, you, you think that that's in response to Instagram? Because this is. The, I wouldn't this, they had it... to have been planning this long before Instagram came out with their thing. Well, I think that they also
1: knew Instagram was coming out with their thing long before Instagram came out with their thing.
0: Maybe. So
1: I, I I don't know if this I'd like say inception. in response yeah. necessarily, but I think it's uh, them trying to make something out of uh, what the hand they're dealt right
0: now. Yeah, anyway. I was never a Snapchat A couple of anyway. things.
1: Uh, Google and Facebook are going to prevent people from buying ads uh, if they belong to fake news sites. Okay, yeah, I saw that. So that's kind of a big deal.
2: No, so Facebook's definitely ad play. Is Google going to be... Ad oriented as well. I thought they were making adjustments to the algorithm.
1: So I, I, for I'm ranking su- purposes, I'm sure like they probably are. But
2: what I've read is just based
1: around ad, strictly uh, ads ad, right stuff. Now. Okay. But, okay, yeah, I haven't read anything about how do you get categorized as fake news. So that's the question that I want. You know, I'm interested in is like how do they
2: verify whether or not the the source is real or, or... right? And I don't know. And and the other thing that I'm not too sure of is is alt-right, I don't know if that's the right term, but like the high conspiracy theory-oriented titles that yeah. may or may not be true based on your beliefs in the conspiracy theory. Sure. Right, so. And then uh, and then on the other side, on the left has a lot of
1: satire, like The Onion and, uh, I don't know if The Onion is really left or right, but The New Yorker also releases lots of articles that are right. completely false, but that it, it's like it's known, it's a joke. But I don't know. I
0: can't stand those sites. The, I don't get the value. The humor news websites yeah, or the fake yeah in general? Either. Like the Onion? Like, it, it takes up too much space in my feed. Like <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I need to I, figure out how to filter that out because I not stand it. I don't mind
2: the headline. Uh, I don't read the articles, though, for the Onion. Ugh. So some are winners, for sure.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've got an Onion fan yeah. here. So, I don't know. I'm interested to see how this plays out. Uh, there's also kind of the, the hard stuff of how do you... I mean, at what point are you biased? You know, like maybe you disagree with a particular fact or Facebook or Google disagrees with some stance that they take. Are they then going to say, no, you're not allowed to advertise that story?
2: Facebook yeah. doesn't want to advertise half the stuff I want them to anyways. So this just adds one more layer. Not that I promote fake news stuff, but like there's always something too much text or there's yeah, there's too a lot much of regulation. Spin. Like I had a lady, she was business casually dressed, but... I guess maybe it's a tiny bit too low cut V neck thing shirt she was wearing in my ad. It's like too much skin. And I'm like, no. I don't is think is that enough. a person who's reviewing that? Yeah. So that's, they have different computers, but there are some manual reviews if it's triggered too much. So too much flesh tones within the image will get a manual review and then they'll be like, oh, that's too much. And I've had weird like denials of my ads in Facebooks before. And this just seems like something else that's going to trigger it. We yeah, used to that's run weird. ads on
1: Facebook and get turned down for two much text all the time. But then every once in a while, it would get through. Like the computer didn't pick it up or whatever. It's pretty inconsistent.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Last piece of news, and this one's pretty big. Instagram is testing adding links inside of stories that will take you outside of their platform.
0: They're testing it? Uh-huh.
1: So right now they're only testing on verified sites, but a lot of brands are probably going to start getting involved more in instagram because of that if it ends up reaching the entire platform so is that good or bad it's good i don't know i like it good for a marketer
2: yeah i mean it's great for a brand to to be able to have a stronger call to action especially if you're non-e-commerce right because they have the e-commerce side built into the app uh for small stuff whatever um but if you wanted to pull them out like b2b like which is where i play there's no point in me being on Instagram. Right. In a lot of ways. Right. And so this there's a way for me to pull them out into something else, um, for sign up for whatever. Some sort of call to action. Uh, that can't be hosted on Instagram. I think that could be good. What was the reason? Good for like wh- why too.
0: haven't why haven't they been putting links in? Well,
1: I think that might be part of oh, well, I don't know why they haven't been, but but I think their move to put in is part of that reason. There's a lot, probably a lot of brands that would otherwise be involved and potentially advertise.
0: Right. Uh, yeah, definitely on the
2: advertising good. side. If you can get different types of call to action.
0: Right. So no more link in my bio stuff. <laughs> well, I, this
1: only applies to stories, and so I don't really know how that affects the platform. As oh, the, yeah. As a whole. The
0: stories. That's interesting.
1: Yeah. So it doesn't doesn't apply to the posts, normal posts, but just stories. So they have to already follow you and view your story. So there's still a little bit of a hurdle. So
0: there. So you can comment on a story, but no one else can see that, right? Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. Like you watch a story, you hit add comment, you write a comment. I'm pretty sure that's just like a message. Straight to the to the person the who posted. Yeah. That's also kind of weird. It's
1: weird from a brand perspective, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's what I got in
0: the news. Well, All right, so that's the current event section uh, or segment. Um, now we'll get back to David. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, that's really exciting. Did you come <laughs> prepare to answer some heavy questions
2: uh yeah is there particular questions you guys have i was told to just come and converse with you and
0: oh yeah yeah that's,
2: that's
1: pretty much what it is yeah that's what it is all
2: right so i uh just to start out
1: you talked about you got your start at riser is that right or yeah yeah that would they be were before
2: yeah that would be my first real gig in the uh kind of the marketing space right
1: uh what what did you do to to learn your craft like what what gave you the biggest start?
2: Uh, Okay, yeah, so it's really interesting. When I got hired uh, into Riser Media, the initial idea, they did uh, web design. Um, They did uh, different programming um, just as far as, like, applications specific to websites um, for different needs, some back-end CMSs, custom CMSs for large customers and clients uh, like Fox, Disney, National Geographic. Um, So they have really cool client um, lists that they work with. And one of the things that they were thinking of doing was to kind of help get a little bit more recurring revenue. So what they wanted to do was sell some hosting. And so they became a reseller for a hosting company that had an office here in Salt Lake. I don't know if they're still here. Um, what was the company? What was the company called? I can't remember. Like, uh, I can't even remember. I should look it up, though. Uh, I didn't expect to talk about Riser, so yeah. I, I should have looked right. at my research yeah. here. Um
0: how long ago was that? Was that...
2: So that was 2008, 2009. So
0: that was after Comp... Like, that was your next job after That was CompuSA. my next
2: job after CompUSA, uh, which was exciting times at CompUSA with Paxton here. <laughs> so funny. Uh, so anyway, the, they brought me in. I had, I had a little bit of technical sales background, obviously, with CompUSA. A little B2B sales with... Because uh, I did the B2B division within CompUSA. And so they took a chance on me to sell hosting for them to their customers and some new customers. And, and that in all reality didn't work too well. Um but one of the things that they wanted me to do was was to kind of figure out how to create an affiliate site of sorts, do a little bit of SEO to show that uh you know, to try to get some hosting only customers. And that space is competitive as can be, uh, especially when you had like GoDaddy doing their Super Bowl commercials at the time and everybody kind of going to there and mm-hmm. and uh, so it wasn't really too easy to do. But it it Forced me to learn a little bit about what SEO was, um, kind of what the, uh, some different digital marketing things. And then on top of that, uh, they were doing that brand transition from Jandico, a um, company named after Michael Janda, the founder, um, to Riser Media, because they actually had a few other products like uh, SiteRiser was one of them that they wanted to do. Uh, SiteRiser being very much kind of like what a Squarespace or a Wix is, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, easy, uh, user friendly, like site builder. And so we were going to tie those two together. So I kind of became somewhat of a project manager. Like, this is like my first job. Really, I was like an intern. And uh, I kind of got to dabble in a bunch of different stuff. Anyways, the downturn of the economy, same time. uh, All of the clients, the cool clients that they had went on budget freezes. And so we kind of lost a lot of our traction into that. And I ended up getting laid off about eight months um, working there. But I really got turned on to the idea of, of SEO and, and what that could do for certain customers, and I wanted to learn that more. So I kind of took a look for SEO agencies here in the Salt Lake area and realized SEO.com was actually at their office here in the Novell area um, at the time. And I uh, ended up getting an interview with them and started working at SEO.com and, and really getting into uh, the SEO scene. Um, and that's what kind of kicked me off into digital marketing. It really made sense to me. Um, it, it spoke to kind of what I want to do. It was techie enough that uh, it kept me in the tech field, which I really liked, and um, marketing, which I really wanted to do. So
0: so w- what's interesting about our industry, our industry is that it's new enough to where most people who are doing it now, they didn't grow up thinking that's what they were going to be doing. Do right, you know what I mean. So, in most cases, people kind of just stumble into SEO or digital marketing. Yeah, is that, is that basically what happened? Uh,
2: yes and no. So, I did. Um, I was doing sales, obviously, at CompUSA, and I always thought I was just. Gonna, my dad did sales growing up, and I always thought I was just going to be a sales guy. And I did sales long enough to know that I didn't want to do sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked with a guy. Probably didn't take very long to. Uh, not not too long. <laughs> See, the problem is for sales for me, anyways. Uh, is like there's a lot of sales guys I know who are in their 60s and just stressing about hitting, uh, you know, the quota for the month or the quarter mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And I was like, I do not want to be in my 50s with gray hair stressing about, you know, the next big sell. Um, and I was taking a marketing class at the U um, and I was doing some business stuff and ended up having a marketing class. And I had Mr. Bailiff, I can't, Michael Bailiff, I believe is his name, um, at the University of Utah. And absolutely loved his class, and that's when I'm like, I want to do marketing. Marketing to me was much like uh, sales, but at a macro level. Like sales is on a very micro level, one to one in a lot of cases, or or one to a few, depending on if you're doing B two B or whatnot. But to me, uh, marketing was sales on a macro level, and I really liked that. Uh, I thought it was a little bit easier, um, a little bit easier for me to comprehend or do. Um, you get a little bit more creative. And then um, from what I gathered and, you know, from what my professor told me at the U, he's like, marketing is where all the fun people go. And I was like, <laughs> I want to go work with the fun people. And uh, that's how I got into marketing. So so when I got laid off at CompUSA, like I said, I, I didn't want to go work for another retail store. I wanted to get into my career. And that was uh, marketing. And it took a long route for me to find a company to take a chance on me because I actually didn't really do any internships. That's probably the biggest learning uh opportunity I had is if you're going to college like do an internship Uh, and if you don't really do a good internship you're going to get screwed when you get graduated Mm -hmm. Um, and so I didn't do that it took me a while to get in Uh, Michael Janda was great and gracious enough to take me on and I really treat riser media as as kind of that internship and so I got into marketing that route and then um, the SEO side of things is what spurred there and I said that's a branch of marketing I could really get behind
1: so we don't have to go through, you know, obviously your whole, uh, yeah, we're, yeah, what whole is it? Here, but uh, can we skip it? I think we want to land on, uh, SLC S C M and talk about yeah. that a lot. But before we get there, that's okay. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit about what you do at Faircom. Um, going through uh, it says you're doing, you know, trade shows, events, content, Clara. You're the, you're the head of marketing, so I'm, mm-hmm. you know, overseeing all of their marketing, right? Um. At that point, having come from digital marketing, a lot of digital marketing, you know, I'm, I'm guessing not 100 percent of your marketing efforts are digital. What what percentage would you say are digital versus traditional or? Underneath? Um, at Faircom right now, yeah,
2: yeah. So Faircom's kind of a unique story. Um, in in there, and what I'm doing there, um, and really just to kind of complete the full circle of what we're going through, my. Uh, biography if you will. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is after SEO.com. So I was at SEO.com for about four years. Um I, I went to Fusion IO, which was a great uh, kind of tech company, a lot of fun. Fusion IO was interesting in the fact that they eighty percent of their budget was actually done in events. I don't give or take. I don't know what the exact number was, but most yeah, of it was like in for event like marketing. Steve Wozniak to Yeah, so Steve Wozniak was the Chief Scientist Officer. Um, They leveraged him in a lot of different events um, and activities and things like that just because he's a recognizable face. Really nice guy, by the way, like super nice guy. One of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Um, And uh, anyway, so that gave me a really good opportunity to, one, learn a lot more of the traditional side of marketing um, while I was there, uh, doing a lot of different events and trying to incorporate uh, physical event-type marketing into a digital space um, through social media and things like that. So that, that made for a really unique opportunity. Um, and I really felt like I was getting a little bit of a handle on uh, kind of working the two together, and, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, fast forward to Faircom. Um, I've been in the B2B tech space, and so Faircom really spoke to me. They're a database technology. It's more software where Faircom, or excuse me, Fusion I O. Is more hardware-oriented, but it's B2B, high-tech. Pericom has been around for 40 years, though. They're not like what FusionIO was in that startup kind of mentality or a very young um, company. They've been around for 40 years. Their technology's been around for a long time. They've got awesome customers. Um, In that 40 years, though, they've never done marketing. I'm the first marketing guy they've ever hired. Um, And that's what kind of made it a unique situation um, is they wanted somebody who could... Really speak the digital side because that's something that they really needed, but as well, you know, identify all aspects of marketing um, and really kind of lay a foundation. So uh, at Faircom, uh, I do all sorts of different things. Uh, we run, you know, six to eight different events uh, a year, trade shows and stuff that we're doing. Um, we're trying out a bunch of new stuff for them as well. Uh, I had to go through and redo all the branding, um, set up a style guide, Um, and really for the first, I've been there a year and a half now, and a lot of my goals is really setting a lot of foundational pieces to marketing. Um, like I said, with the brand new website that we launched, uh, setting up, like we get a lead, what does that actually mean to us? What do we do with the sales side Uh, getting that kind of marketing operations in place? So when a lead comes in, we know how to hand it to sales. We know what sales is doing with it. We know how sales to get it back to marketing if it doesn't convert. Uh, the way we want to. And so a lot of what I've been doing um, in my time there has been around that kind of operational piece, a little bit of nurturing, um, a little bit of lead workflow. Um,
1: so day one, you walked in, there were probably 10 different things you could have focused on. What what did you end up focusing on first? Yeah. And, and what, so,
2: so really my, my goal has been for this first little bit, um, really just setting up a, a strong foundation for success. Right. Um, I, I've seen a couple companies that I've worked with really struggle um, when they don't know what to do with leads. Uh, like I've worked with companies that like, Oh, just get us leads and leads and leads. And we got leads, but they would have no idea what to do with the leads. Um, and it just, it looked bad for the brand in my opinion. Um, Cause the leads were really turned off by the brand who didn't know what they were doing um, in that regard. And so I've, I've put a lot of emphasis and a lot of focus and understanding we have leads that come in from our website on a regular basis, just doing the, you know, the normal stuff, but uh, really setting up kind of what that foundation is. So, like I said, we, we started out with the branding guide. That was number one, um, just getting a brand and a style guide in place, getting a look and kind of a language that we wanted to. Well, then we worked on a lot of messaging, a lot of targeting as far as like, okay, when we want to target or talk to this person, what's the kind of language we want to use? What What's our advantages, our disadvantages? Um, so I went through a, a number of different workshops with the team to try to figure out, you know, where that was. Um, and then the next step is uh, we ended up getting HubSpot and I've uh, been putting HubSpot into play from, uh, for the last little bit. And that's really taken up a, a lot of my time. Um, we, well, before we got into HubSpot, the same time we got into HubSpot really, we took the messaging, the branding, we took the HubSpot, and we all rolled it into a, a website so that way we can have, um, uh, a new website, if you will. Um, so that way we can get proper lead capture. We know where the leads are coming from, what they're actually doing. Um, the messaging is a little bit more on point, a little bit more consistent, a little bit more concise because uh, you know, we had a really sprawling website that was just kind of piecemealed over years and years of expansion. Um, so we did all that. And then, like I said, once we got HubSpot kind of going, uh, I've been spending the last six months really getting that into a core part of, of what we do. So uh, the last little bit, what we just kind of wrapped up is, is all of our downloads. We have a free download of our software. Um, all of that is controlled through HubSpot now. So now we know when the requests are made for downloads, uh, when the download is actually happening. Um, we've got uh, reminders if the downloads aren't happening in place. We've got a nurture plan that goes in place. And as soon as they kick over to an MQL or a marketing qualified lead, we now have it in place for sales to pick that up and drop them out of all of our nurture flows at that point because the conversation right. is now between marketing and sales. Um, we've got, you know, different things like that, that we've been working on and now in place. And and that's taken a, a good chunk of time uh, to really get implemented the way we want to have it talking to our Salesforce installations, customer service um, installations that we've got. So all of our technology is really communicating well. Um and now that we have a lot of that in play, I'm going through and doing a full data audit to make sure analytics. Um, I, I've been spending the last little bit with Google Tag Manager, getting getting all that. of our, yeah. our data and our analytics and uh, uh, everything going in play because we're about to make the switch into actual lead generation. I haven't really done for the last year and a half massive lead generation type campaigns. We've had trade shows we've gone to. We've had a couple lead gen stuff, uh, email blasts that we've done, some partnerships with publications. Um, but just stuff to kind of keep everything, you know, what I'd say the, the grease in the wheels, you know, if you will. Uh, but we've not really any, pumped a lot of leads through this engine that we've created. So Because you don't want to fill it
1: until you're ready to handle
2: it. Right. Again, my, my main point is: is what good is a lead if you don't know what you're going to do with it? Now we have a great process in place. We know what we're going to do with it. We're ready to kind of flip that switch on lead generation. So I'm getting all of our conversion pixels um, on the different platforms we want to do and play, and uh, really at the beginning of the year, uh, next year we'll we'll start turning on a lot of the, those advertising platforms and really start pumping a lot of people through that, I'm getting very targeted on who we want to, uh, you know, hit and whatnot. Right. that Regard. So. So since since uh,
0: it began, forty years <clears throat> flash forward, and they start marketing and they hire you to take over. I imagine there's some resistance on some of the initiatives that you want to bring on. Uh, uh I mean, what's that look yeah, like? You yes you go to them and you say, "I want to do this. I need this much budget." Uh Uh right?
2: yeah, yes and no. Like there's there's a little bit of of caution on a couple of things, but I haven't had too much like pushback again, partly because I haven't I haven't done anything too crazy. Um I've got a good feel for, you know, what management likes, what they expect. Um, and a lot of stuff right now has been very process based, which they're completely behind. Um, but there, there might be some things that as we go forward, they might uh, be a little bit more nervous about, especially when you get into different ad campaigns. Yeah. Like that's, that's where people tend to get a little bit more nervous. Um, but I've worked with some very conservative people in the past at other organizations, worked with some very like, I don't know, progressive, maybe if that's the right word, uh, different people. And, uh, there's a balance either way. Um, yeah. So we'll see how some of those conversations go. Uh, but for the most part, uh, they've been very open of like, hey, you know what you're doing. We really trust you. And that to me is is when it comes to a work experience, that's super valuable uh, just to have people say, you know, we, we trust what you're doing um, and, you know, they know I've got their interests in heart at, uh, and uh, they have my interests and in, in, uh, best interests at play as well. So, so I think we've got a really good mutual relationship as far as that goes. Um when I get a little bit more into the creative side and and you know might push a little bit of the comfort zone. Yeah. That might change. Awesome. You want to talk SLC SEM? Yeah, let's talk about that.
0: So SLC SEM is a nonprofit.
2: Yes. So we have that Salt in common. City we're, we're, a
0: we're a nonprofit too. Uh, we are don't... you officially set up as a nonprofit? No, we don't oh. make a profit. Yeah. <laughs> well that's great. Yeah. <laughs> we don't either. <laughs> uh tell us how you got into that. Yeah. It's, you've been there for a few years. Haven't so,
2: you? yeah. So the organization itself is, uh, we just ran five years as an organization. Um, it was about five and a half years ago. Uh, Moz, if you, uh, I guess SEO Moz yeah. at the time, mm-hmm. uh, they had their Mozcation um, that they yeah. were going to do a little tour around a few cities in Salt Lake City. We ended up uh, doing a big push for Salt Lake City and, and Salt Lake City ended up being one of the cities that Moz came to. And uh, at, uh, I, it was really great because I, it was a, a community effort. Uh, you know, I, I spearheaded the effort for SEO.com to try to push for Moz to come out. Um, I rallied a bunch of different people at different agencies that I knew that might be interested that I met through like Social Media Club and uh, different things like that. And uh, anyways, they ended up coming out here. And Elizabeth Osmolowski, who works for Third Door Media, which is basically the company that runs Marketing Land, Search yeah, Marketing Land, yeah. SMX, um, she's based out of here in Utah, and she apparently had this vision to put together a community around that, and really this Mozcation was the catalyst towards that. And um, the, so they kind of set that up. It took them a few months to get all the documents and everything in place. Um, so October 2011, they kicked off the first SEM. Um, I was there from day one. I've been to most of their their events up to that point. I kept asking Elizabeth, like, hey, what can I do to help? I'd love to be a part of the organ anyway. And she kept telling me, let's do lunch, let's do lunch, let's do lunch. And then I'd never get lunch with her. And then finally, after a couple of years, she was getting, you know, it does, it takes a little, quite a bit of time. Uh, she was getting ready to move on and work was starting to add a lot of pressure for her. And so she needed to step down and they reorganized the board and uh, I ended up getting on the board in 2014, I guess it was, in early 2014. And uh, so I've been on the board for the last basically three years. And then the last two years, uh, I've been running as president of the board. So, And before that, you were vice president, weren't you? Yeah. So for the first year on the board, I was vice president. Um, and uh, Ryan Nadeau, who was one of the original founders as well, ran, ran as the president for that first year I was on. And then he stepped away as he had a kid. Um, and then I took over and I've been running for the last two years.
1: I do have to say in the past two years, uh, it's, it feels different. It, does feels, it? yeah.
0: Um, what does that mean? What feels different
1: to you? <clears throat> I don't know. I just, uh, maybe it's me, but I feel a lot more connected to the community. Um, it feels like there's more people going. And right. That feels like the well, energy is a little bit higher.
2: Yeah, that's good. I mean, that, that's that been the goal. So I appreciate you saying that, um, you know, when we, when I took over as president, there's a couple things that we really wanted to get in line. We, we started running a six month, uh, event planning stint. And so we had our six months ahead. We kind of knew what we were doing. Uh, we made it a, a financial investment into HubSpot actually for, for SLC as well. Um, and uh, that's been really good for us because we kind of had MailChimp a little bit for email communications. It was kind of a disaster, really hard to control. We didn't have a CMS, mm-hmm. so it was really hard to control who our members were, um, who had come to the previous events, anything like that. And so uh, we set up you know, HubSpot as our CMS, um, or excuse me, our CRM, and then as well as our kind of our email client. So communication has improved quite a bit over the last couple of years. Um, and that's been a, a major help in, as far as increasing attendance to our different events. Um, and then DMC, uh, which was kind of my my baby, if you will, um, which is the Digital Marketing Conference, mm-hmm. um, Utah DMC. That really, I think, spurred us into uh, kind of a bigger platform, if you will, as as far as an organization goes. Um, and that's been a lot of fun to kind of put on uh, the last couple of years. So, so we just wrapped up our second one in August. And, I think for the most part, it turned out really well. We were, oh, yeah. Really great second, attendance. And,
1: I mean, the first one was great, but the second one, I really, really enjoyed that. Good. It was nice to have everything be in the same room. So, yeah. you know, you could connect with people a lot better because everyone saw the same stuff you did, and you can talk about that. Yeah,
2: I, and we're we're going through right now trying to figure out how we want to do our uh, our third one next year. Um, and we got some feedback. A lot of people seem to like the single track idea. We kind of took that from uh, the uh, MozCon. MozCon, yeah. And that's how they kind of do it and I kind of like that idea. We had a lot of people like our first year we had we are, we've done really good at getting some awesome speakers to present, and um that first year we we had a lot of people come to us and say, "Hey, you guys had such an awesome lineup, and I missed half the speakers I wanted to listen to because yeah, you put them up against each other. I was like, well, that's kind of what we were hoping for, but well I was like, we'll see how we do it this year." So we did the single track, a lot of people seemed to like that at the same time, if you didn't like what was on track. Uh, we had a lot of people say, oh, I didn't necessarily like what was on track, so I didn't know what else to do. Right. Yeah, you win some, you lose some.
0: Right? Yeah, but, but you had a big win doing it in a movie theater. That, yeah. That's the big news. The there. venue itself, I yeah. think,
2: worked out really well. We had it at the movie theater. Um, That's. You know, everybody had very comfortable seats. Some people fell asleep; they were so comfortable. You had a lounge with massage. thats why they fell asleep because yeah. they were comfortable. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, the lounge with the massage. We had the massages uh, yeah. masseuse come in during the lunch hours. Uh, we had the virtual reality system during the lunch hours, and Bing came in with a, a great lounge. And uh, I, overall, it just turned out really well. I thought
0: so. Aside from DMC, uh, Paxton, you mentioned that you feel like growth has happened uh, over the years. I want to know if that's because we went We went to the event last night mm-hmm. uh it was it seemed pretty full. Are you capping the amount of people that are
2: coming uh no we don't we we've only really sold out one or two times um if you will uh so we we've sold out the first d m c uh the second d m c we didn't technically sell out, but we had more people there because we got a bigger venue yeah um we've sold out. Uh, I think when Danny Sullivan came and Rand Fishkin came um, in the earlier years, we haven't had them for a while. Um, and the last time we really sold out was with Larry Kim in January, and we had 330 in attendance for that uh, particular event. Uh, overall, though, the the monthly growth has has grown quite a bit um, in a great way. So we aver- are you
0: talking about membership or turnout?
2: Uh, membership and turnout. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So. Uh, we haven't done a great job in keeping track of our membership numbers. Uh, we have a lot of people that register to our events as members, and we know they're not, but we don't hunt them down and say, hey, you're not a member and you got them for free, so now pay us. Uh, and that's probably the next big thing that we should try try to figure out. But, um, you know, we don't really care as much. I shouldn't say that. Can you edit that out? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, um, no, we can. No the the actual uh, but the actual number of attendees that come every month and who register to come every month um, has increased. We've we've had about a thirty percent increase in attendees over the last two years since I've been president, and I, I'd actually attribute that more to the communication that we've been able to provide um, in in our uh, HubSpot emailing and, and having a CRM and, and whatnot in play, and that has made a huge difference. Just that communication. Um, the other thing, which you guys don't probably see, is in the earlier days, we had some really, we had a lot bigger agencies that were dedicated to SEO. The topics were more dedicated to like SEO and PPC. And, and if you've noticed in the last couple of years, we've really diversified some of the topics that we we talk about. Like last night, I think it was a, a great example. We talked a little bit about e commerce and, and a relevancy, um, a, a relevance generator, mm-hmm. right? Mm -hmm. product relevance and, and product suggestions. Uh, and that's really outside of the norm as of your normal SEO kind of topics. Well, in the early days, we'd have an agency, um, boostability, for example, they would send on average 30 people. So we'd have 70 to 80 people in attendance and 30 of those people, almost half was from boostability. And then, you know, talking about product relevance, they're not going to. Right. So, so what's changed, though, is now we average about 100 and 130 people in attendance every month. So the number has gone up and boostability since maybe one or two, um, just because it's not strictly SEO. Uh, so our diversification of, of who's actually coming uh, changes quite a bit. And the cool part is, is we I think it's cool, but um, the type of people that we get varies every month as well. Uh, depending on the topic that we had. So last night, for example, we had a lot more e-commerce people oriented people come. If we have a paid topic, we have more paid people come. Um, but the numbers generally are but the same. But num- the numbers stay r- for the last couple of events that we've done, <clears throat> excuse me, the last year, we've been averaging about that 120 to 135. And then if we have a really successful speaker come out, um, you know, we'll get up to the 160s, 170s without much of a problem. Um, and And yet we don't have those like anchor agencies, if you will, that we really relied on at the beginning um for attendance and whatnot so so it's i think in a in the in the grand scheme of things, we've reached more people uh have a much bigger community than what we've had in the past and and it shows in those kind of small nuances of attendance right so even though the numbers are bigger, but if you take out just
1: the like those big agencies hitting a lot of people. Right. Then it's actually grown quite a bit. You're right. Like, if they were to send
2: their 30 people like they used to, uh, you know. You'd have to pick new venues. Yeah, yeah, and that's the hard part is, is uh, like, Church and State, or not, excuse me, uh, where we were last night. Salt the Mine. Salt Mine. We were at last night. I I thought it was a great venue. Yeah. Um, that's going to max out about 100 to 120 people. Um, And we've definitely had events where we've had more than that. So I think that would work for probably seven out of the ten events that we put on. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a few events where that wouldn't work for us. Um, and Adobe, where we, put, we split it between you know somewhere in Salt Lake and at Adobe, um, Adobe definitely has the ability to host more. So we just need to make sure when we have an event that we think really will take off like yeah. that, um, we, I guess we host it at Adobe or find a different venue. But it does make it a challenge to find certain venues for that large of a crowd.
0: How many board members are there?
2: So there's uh, about ten of us.
0: Who's your favorite? <laughs> <laughs> Who's my favorite? Come on.
2: <laughs> uh, so I, the news, I guess last night, you, the news was, uh, you know, I'm stepping down as president. Um, and, and we're kind of making a little bit of change in the leadership. So Bryant Garvin right now uh, would have to be my favorite since he is taking my place as president. <laughs> um, for sure. Uh, there's, you know, we've got an awesome board right now. I'm not going to lie. Is that because half of them work at Purple? uh yeah that wasn't that's not <laughs> on purpose by the way um but are you sure the, this
0: is a non-profit yeah. <laughs> I feel like purple has some influence they in should there. really start paying me they should because at uh, least I, like be a bigger sponsor yeah
2: i should get some affiliates because i think at dmc we sold quite a few mattresses did. We I'm we sure gave away did. a mattress at dmc um some seat cushions i thought maybe we'd give one away last night but i guess not um but I know we've sold a few mattresses from DMC, so we should get some sort of an affiliate. Alex, if you're listening to this, you you know I think at always, one point they did have
0: affiliates. Like,
2: they do, yeah. You can even sign up now as an affiliate. Um, so
0: I, I was I just bought a purple mattress last week. Actually, two weeks. I got a I got it last week, and uh, I remember like a month or two ago I was looking into it, and I found like coupon, you know, like mm-hmm. get get ten percent, fifteen percent off, and I was like, I'll just go find some affiliate get the discount through the affiliate and then uh, get the mattress. And then I found an article that said uh, you can't get the, the discounts anymore.
2: Yeah. I don't think they do the discounts through the affiliates, but you can still sign up for the affiliate program. No, man. Um, But yeah, they, they do pretty good on that. Uh, So the, well, going back to the board, the original question, then I'll talk to you about purple sabotaging all of our board members. (laughs) Uh, is, Alex is
1: coming on the show, I think. Alex is, yeah, yeah January is he, 26th. January. Oh, yeah. is he? Yeah. Okay,
2: very we'll cool. We'll hound him. Yeah, you should ask him about it. Um, no, so the board we have, though, has been awesome. Uh, they've really made SEM a success. Um, we've got some some great people who have worked hard on that. Uh, Doc uh, being one of them, he's done a great job getting our HubSpot implemented. He's, he's a HubSpot um, reseller himself, so he knows the platform really well got us a massive deal on HubSpot. So we don't pay very much, even though we do pay for it. Uh, got our website converted over to the HubSpot COS, um, which is their, their, uh, CMS of sorts. Uh, he does a really great job. Elisa and April have done amazing just coordinating the events, our social media. Um, and, and Brian Phelps does a good job with uh, our members and making sure members are taken care of and know who's, who's up for membership and different things like that. um, and so, yeah, the board we've had, they've, they've made my job a lot easier. Um, you know, my main thing is, is I just make sure that they're doing their job and they tell me what they're doing. And, and we seem to have been able to get quite a bit done. Um, and, you know, none of us get paid for this. It's all volunteer. And, uh, you know, one of the main things is I, I try to be conscious, like, hey, this isn't a second job. Mm-hmm. I, I don't necessarily want it to be. Um, one of my main goals is, is that we can be effective, and and really get some great results on what we do by and minimize the amount of time that they have to invest in it and and I feel comfortable like DMC when we put on DMC that just ruins wrecks everybody's summer I think <laughs> but uh, at least uh, our August um but yeah it, just to give a prime example DMC this year uh, we did it in August and uh, we ended up I ended up taking a two week vacation to Europe to to see my sister um, the first week of August. And I don't, I don't know why that was the week that we just ended up having to go. And, uh, it was absolutely nuts and I was gone and I checked emails every once in a while, but you know, they, the board themselves put up a lot of stuff together without much of my direction, uh, while I was gone. Um, and put on a great show, I think. In yeah, KXC, it was. So. And it was that's really why he's good. stepping down. He's like, you guys don't need me. Yeah, you guys they, they really don't need me. Uh, they, they do fine without me, for sure.
0: So I have one quick question uh, about uh, uh, community, how you grow your community. You what, need to wrap up. Yeah. So this is wrap-up oh, question. So this is wrap-up question. Oh, we're wrapping up. Okay. Yeah, we're wrapping up. Uh, I do have another wrap real quick question. That's Okay. Uh, what what uh, what have you found is the best way to grow a community? That's my question. That
1: was your question. That was so. It. This is the last. This wrap is up the question. last. Hit. Yeah. All right. Because uh, you have it. done a good job helping to foster and build the community. So you know, like, what are your tips for building a
2: community? Um, yeah, that's a so. One, I I can't necessarily take full credit for the community that SLCSEM has been. Um, I mean, we've got some. The, the founders, Elizabeth and Ryan uh, Ryan Hutchings as well, um, David Mink, the original founders who put this together, uh, they've done a really great job. And, and honestly, I'm not going to lie, like, I think they just filled a void that was already in, in major need within the Salt Lake area. Uh, the Salt Lake City had kind of a little bit of a community already going. Uh, they, they had some iterance of a social media club. Um, I would go to a number of different launch-ups and things like that and different events that were going on and, and met a number of different people here. And when they and when Moz-cation, uh, that Mozcation thing came about, uh, it just rallied a bunch of people and it showed that, hey, there's a, a need for people to get together. And uh, they just kind of filled that need and that's been great. And we've got some really loyal people uh, who've been coming to all of our events. Uh, I mean, we've got we got guys that come from Idaho Falls and from um, Cedar City who drive up every month. You know the four hours well, it's not or whatever. Like they have anything down down there or over there? Right. Idaho. No, they they don't. Um, and so there was kind of that need. And what the need really was, if I had to specify what the need was, uh, is just an opportunity. One to continue to network and two uh, to continue to get educated um, on that. And uh, SLCSEM has done a fabulous job in the content, I think, um, in the content. We bring in some top speakers. Um, we're lucky enough to have Elizabeth, who's super well-connected. Uh, Bryant Garvin, who's taking over, is really well-connected in the, in the national industry. Um, we've got some really top talent here in the Salt Lake area, uh, and uh, we're really well-represented from that regard. So we've been able, with our connections and connections of connections, been able to pull in some really great people to fill in that kind of educational need. Um, and then over as far as like i said the the actual growth and, and where we 've been able to excel the last couple of years is just that um, ability to communicate um what 's going on and what 's happening and and that has been great and we 've been able to strengthen that ties i think the last couple of months with our slack channel um, the slack channel that we we created is it 's been Really good. We have only a handful of people, I, more than a handful. I mean, I'd say 20 to 30, who are regular contributors to the Slack channel. But it's an open public Slack channel um, that we've got. And it allows us to continue the education, continue the networking, um, continue the dialogue, continue between events. the
0: gift sharing. <laughs>
2: yeah, the gift. Yeah, a lot of, of gifts going on <laughs> there. Um, but it allows that dialogue <laughs> to continue on between events now. And that, I think, has been a, a really big. Thing for us, and I think that will continue to grow. At least I hope so. And for me, uh, being a solo marketer, not really having somebody you know in the office to bounce ideas off of or to really talk shop with, uh, it's great to have that Slack community now. Like I said, uh, you know, I'm I'm getting uh, Google Tag Manager in place, and I'm not really played with it in the like since five years ago, I think, and it's definitely changed since then. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be able to go and say hey i'm about to do uh google tag manager what do you guys recommend and it kicked off a lot of different content was being shared a lot of ideas even today we were talking about it um and that's super helpful for me to like really talk shop with somebody so
0: cool. that's awesome so we're going to wrap up the show thank you so much david for oh, coming yeah my in pleasure and it was fun to story. be here and to talk yeah especially that comp USA bit we started <laughs> off really that's amazing i yeah.
2: I uh, <laughs> I feel bad for not remembering.
1: Like, I was a little peon selling cell phones. Oh, that's no, great. Yeah.
0: So if you want to reach out and uh, ask any questions or if you have topic ideas or if you want to uh, nominate yourself or someone else to be a guest, please reach out. You can hit us up on Twitter at belowthefold.io uh, or you can hit us up on email, inbound at belowthefold.io. Uh, we hope to hear from you. If you like what you've heard and it's been valuable, please... Uh, go onto iTunes and leave a review. Uh, and that's it. That's all I got. That's all we got. We'll see you next week.